Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. I just want to know what kind of spaghetti and sloppy joes you guys are eating if they taste like chili. <laughs> huh? I know we've been arguing like for, on this for like 30 minutes, so you're just using different seasoning, but I want to know if you're putting chili powder in spaghetti sauce. Okay? That's not right. I don't care if you're from New Mexico. That's still not right. Yeah. Well, good evening, everybody. I'm Mitch Gorman. Um, I'm... Uh, the full-time counselor and uh, serving pastor at Save the Cowboy. I'm kind of uh, behind the scenes most of the time, but every once in a while I get to get up here and uh, give a message. And usually my messages all sound the same because my days kind of just run together as the same, and most of it's a lot of counseling and a lot of just loving on people. So um, I don't get to, like, dabble in a lot of different things. Um, I do study a lot of different things, but most of my time is spent just... Uh, um, kind of just studying really just the human heart and what everything that goes into it. And um, so I uh, I got asked to preach this week, and um, for a while now I kind of had an idea what I was going to speak over this, this evening, but um, yesterday as I was uh, um, thinking about writing a sermon, I wrote it today, but I was thinking about writing a sermon, I had all my theology stuff down, but I didn't really have just a great analogy to go with it. And I was like, gosh, I don't know what I need to do. I <laughs> I don't know what analogy I could use. I could, I could do horses. I could do roping stuff. Whatever it is, I could say talk about crashing dirt bikes. Even I was a terrible dirt bike rider. Awful, if you could imagine. Um, anyways, but I don't know. I kind of shoved it off because I had some water gap stuff to do and and uh, and about some nine foot tall cattails. And so I was gonna take the tractor down there. I had a bright idea to take the tractor down there and clean those cattails out. So. Anyways, I, uh, I'm bebopping along in fourth gear in my tractor, and um, if you guys know anything about John Deere tractors and old John Deere tractors in fourth gear, you know that it's not extremely uh, smooth. So I'm bebopping along in the pasture and bouncing around. Thankfully, my air ride seat has no air in it, so it is even better on my back. Um, so it's like a jackhammer going off. But anyways, I'm bouncing around the pasture, and I decide to try the, the first little bog to see if I can get through. So I'm like, oh, okay, I'll just put it in low and four-wheel drive, and I'll get my differential locked in, and I go right in that bog, and I come right out the other side, and I'm feeling pretty good. And I'm like, hey, that's, I like that. Yeah, that's good stuff. And then uh, I took a video just to show everybody what I went through and, and sent it off to everybody to show how proud I was of this bog that I went through in my tractor. And uh, so then I get to the, uh, the other side, and close to my water gap, and uh, I pick uh, oh, I pick a place where uh, well, looks like some cows have crossed here. Like, oh, that looks like a good spot because you never you never want to cross somewhere where there's no cow tracks ever, especially in a creek bottom where there's cattails and stuff because those that just means there's going to be a giant bog. And so, anyways, I see a nice cow trail kind of going through there and and through the cattails, but beside the cattails is a perfectly open space with no cow tracks. I'm like, well, that looks like a good spot too. So I, uh, I decide for option B. And uh, let me tell you, option B was really, uh, really fun. Um, so I put it in, uh, it doesn't look very far to the other side of the bank, so I put it in uh, on the second gear and in, in 
second gear on the left side, and that means you're going to go pretty fast across it. So it's like, well, if I hit this going pretty quick, I can think I can skim across it pretty good. So I get, I skim across it uh, about three quarters of the way, and I'm like, well, I'm about there, and I'm not going to spin my tires because then I'll just dig in, you know. And so I get my bucket out in front of me, and I'm going to like inch my way forward with my bucket, and I'm trying everything. And so I. Uh, I'm not really getting any headway because my, my uh, tractor is old and doesn't really have very good hydraulics. And so I'm like, well, I can't, I'm just not getting any, getting, getting forward as much as I want to. So maybe I'll back up and I'll try to get a run and start at it. So I back up and I get to back to the edge of the bank where I'm at, where I first began at. And uh, there's kind of just a little hump there and, and uh, I can't quite get over the little hump. And so I'm like, well, that's okay. I can, I can kind of just use a run and start off this little hump off to the other side. So off to the other side I go. And I don't quite make it three quarters away this time. And so I'm like, uh-oh, this ain't good. So I better just, I better just back out and see if I can get out. So I, uh, I go to back out, put in reverse. And this time I'm going to use my bucket with non-very good hydraulics to push myself out. And so I, uh, I, I get back up to the little hump thing where I'm at. I'm really almost out. And, uh, and so I go to push myself out with my bucket, and I'm getting right there, right there, really close. I'm like, well, if I go forward a little bit and hit it again, I'll be all right. And so I went forward about two foot, and, uh, and then that's when I started sinking some more. And um, pretty soon, um, I have this mentality, like I just push things to the limit just to see how far I can go before I have to give up. And um, sometimes that's a good thing, and sometimes it's not. Most times it's not. So... <laughs> so I continue to uh, try to get myself unstuck and because um, I'm, I'm probably a good four miles from the house so by myself so I mean giving up's not an option so I just continue just to try to get back and forth back and forth pretty soon I'm not going back and forth anymore I'm just kind of just sitting still with no traction in my tires <laughs> and so I call Tyler. I'm like, hey, buddy, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I just got home from the grocery store. I was like, oh, okay, well, why don't you come, uh, come pick me up down here? Well, why? What happened? Well, you'll see. Um, <laughs> I get a call, and he's like, he's like, hey, bro, where are you at? I'm like, oh, I'm kind of down here off this, off this little bluff down here. You can, you'll probably see the roof of my tractor. And, and he didn't see the roof of my tractor um, for a little while, but mostly because he's blind, not because you couldn't see the tractor. Um, if you don't know that, Tyler is legally blind. So uh, I don't know how he drives a fire truck. That scares me. Um, and it should scare you if you're in Fountain. So heads up, if you're in Fountain and see a fire truck, beware of Tyler. Um, so <laughs> yeah, anyways, he comes and picks me up. I, I walk kind of out of his bluff so he can see me. And um, so I'm like, I have a bright idea. I tell you what, let's uh, let's go up to the house, get some chains and some straps, and uh, we'll get my other pickup, and we'll drive down there and we'll pull this thing out. Okay, so we get down there, everything loaded, and get down there, and I have this bright idea to just—I don't have enough chains and and uh, straps and stuff to kind of get up over this little bank, and it's not wet or anything there, but um, it looks looks pretty good, looks pretty dry, pretty good surface, and so I. Uh, Kind of back the pickup up there, and I uh, hook everything up, and I tell Tyler, okay, like, okay, four-wheel drive, um, traction control's off. If you spin out, it's okay. Um, just make sure that you don't don't bury it. And um, so, and I'll get in the tractor and see if I can 
push myself out and kind of, um, cause I'm not, I'm not by the little hump anymore. I'm kind of in the middle of this bog. Um, so <laughs> there's a little foreshadow. So anyways, we, uh, we try that for about three minutes and the pickups buried to the hub. And, uh, so <laughs> I get the bright idea that there is one man for the job. One man for this job, and his name is Kevin Bredesen. <laughs> I call Kevin, he doesn't answer. Um, <laughs> I wait about 10 more minutes, I'm like, uh, okay, I'm going to have to call Kevin again, because nobody else that I called answered either. So, uh, <laughs> so anyways, I answer the phone, or he answers the phone, he's like, hey buddy, what's up? I was like, I'm in a pickle, I need your help. Oh, what's up? And I was like, well, I kind of got a tractor stuck in this blog and I need some help getting it pulled out. And, uh, oh, okay, well, I'll bring my pickup. And I was like, well, you might want to bring your big tractor. He was like, oh, is it, how bad is it? And I was like, it's pretty bad. He's like, well, send me a picture. And he reads it and doesn't reply. Um, <laughs> if that tells you anything. And uh, anyways, as me and Tyler are sitting there, probably two hours later, because um, we're a good ways from the house, we didn't walk back. Could have walked back, but I'm lazy and didn't want to. Um, so anyways, we're waiting, and uh, pretty soon Kevin shows up with an army of like four people in pickup trucks. I'm like, oh, this might be good. He didn't bring a tractor, but he brought some pickups. That's good. Lots of chain. Um, so anyways, we, uh, he gets out, and he's, I don't think he's very happy with me once he sees the predicament, because the whole entire time we were sitting there, that tractor just kept sinking. <laughs> and so... Anyways, we, uh, oh, a little tugs, and we finally get this tractor out after about five hours. So, um, <laughs> five hours of pulling it, and we finally get it out. So, anyways. Yeah, the Big Sandy, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they should call it Big Muddy. Um, but anyways, it, didn't kind of, it just, you know, even I could have got mad yesterday and been upset about the whole thing, but I honestly just laughed because if you remember at first, I asked God to give me a sermon. Well, there it was. I was stuck. And lots of times, if you're stuck, don't try to get yourself out. <laughs> and that kind of got me thinking, you know, this last couple of weeks of the, the backstory on a lot of this is just, I've been really thinking a lot about just the state of our world and the, and the places that we're in and the things that, that our minds and our hearts are going to. And, you know, even in the Christianity world, we're talking about being ready. Like we're seeing everything happening with Israel. We're seeing all these prophecies come true. We're just seeing lots of things that are, that are pointing to where Jesus is coming back, right? And we just keep hearing people say, be ready. Be ready. He can come like a thief in the night. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. You go preach it. But what does being ready even mean? And the more we get into it, you know, I'm hearing so many people preach about end times and all of these things and suffering. And, um, but to be honest, I hear people talking about all these things and they're, they're gaining more knowledge on Scripture. They're gaining more knowledge on God. And they believe all these things, which is great but I think we're forgetting the gospel half the time. We're so focused on, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with, with focusing on end times and wanting to learn more about it and wanting to learn more about Jesus coming back, but I think that we're missing a major point and we're missing the gospel. What does it mean to be ready? 
What does it mean to be ready to you? You see, more, most people, and this is my counseling background coming in, and this is what this thing's going to be centered around, the tonight's message. But more people are inept to believe 18 different kinds of end times theories. Over, they're, they're more inept to believe more of that than they are Luke 4.18. That says Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. More people are focused on quote-unquote being ready when they don't even really actually realize what being ready means. And to be honest, it just stops the continuation of Jesus working on their hearts. Oh, sure, being ready means sharing the gospel with others, but half the time people don't share. And when they do, they're so rude and defensive about it that they don't reach anyone. But the reason most people really aren't ready for the return of Christ is because their hearts aren't right. They're either not followers of Christ or they're just followers of Scripture and not Him. You see, most people know a lot about Scriptures, but they really don't know the actual Jesus. They really don't. We know Jesus is coming back, but what about Him? And that's the first key to getting unstuck. And that's the first key to getting unstuck in your faith, in your life, and the ruts that you're in, and the roundabouts that you continually go on and on and on about. You, you know, it's like, a, it's like a bridge here, and it's just a big roundabout. It's just a big roller coaster right here, and you're just going in a circle, going in a circle, going in a circle. And, and as soon as you get to right here, you're thinking you're going to go a different place, and you're just back on the bridge again. And that bridge is just a crutch, really. And I love the, the, the quote that Kevin always says, that Jesus didn't come to make bad men good. He came to make dead people alive. And he came to give us life and give it in abundance. And it really wasn't until recently, um, I, uh, I had a revelation about myself. Um, just been going through some counseling myself. Even counselors need counseling. And that, that may be a point for some of you. I don't know. And I, I'm sure tonight's message is going to be mostly preaching to the choir here in person. But maybe this isn't for you. Maybe it isn't, isn't for anybody in person. Maybe it's for somebody watching online or a later podcast. I don't know. But I had it revealed to me here recently that I didn't have much of a relationship with Jesus at all. I just knew a lot about him. I'm six years into ministry, full-time ministry, and I don't have a very good relationship with him. I know a lot about him, but I don't have a very good relationship with him. If anything, this is, might be a message for me. I don't know. But in prayer with a counselor, I was asked a, a series of questions to repeat to Jesus in a prayer. And it was super awkward at first. And I, now pondering back on it, it was mostly awkward because I had let, because I had Jesus off by himself in a corner and I wouldn't even look at him. Because if I let him close out, I mean, I'd have to give him my full heart. And I wasn't quite ready for that. I'd invited Jesus in, but he was like in a little top left corner of my heart. That's about it. And the biggest reason, you know, that, that leads me into my own story about not being a very good leader, um, failing as a leader well in the ministry, and honestly pushing people away from God because of my own heart. 
not knowing Jesus, knowing a lot about it, but not knowing him, not letting him work on my heart, not letting him heal a lot of the pains that I had. And to be honest, that's the big reason why people don't want anything to do with Christianity at all. It's, it's a direct reflection on me as well. Not just anybody else, but me personally as a, as a leader. I used my Bible more as a sword to, to pierce people's hearts and all it did was hurt them because I didn't know how to use it. Tyler's been talking about that here recently, not knowing how to use God's word, been just chopping people's heads off with it. You wonder why that happens? A lot of things, a lot of times it's because of your heart. Not because you just choose to, but something inside of you just makes you want to do it. You get triggered by something. And so your best thing to do is just throw Jesus at him as a defense. There's always a, there's always a reason for your reactions. I get it. I get it, though. Whether you're here, whether you're online, whether you're listening, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. I get it. We heard Kevin talk about it this morning. But let me tell you something. Without the help of Jesus and without the church body, and without Jesus talking through the church body, you're going to be as stuck as that tractor, and you're going to be as stinky as the guy that was driving it yesterday. And let me tell you, I I brought this up to my fiance tonight. I was like, I'm going to wear the same clothes tomorrow for the service. And she was like, no, you're not. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm kind of glad I didn't because it did stink pretty bad. I think it's still getting worse today. But uh, I'd have gotten some trench foot probably from the shoes I was wearing, uh, which is why I'm wearing Hey Dudes in the winter. So if you think I'm stupid because I'm wearing Hey Dudes, I probably am, but mostly I'm stupid because I ruined my church shoes. So, uh, yeah. But you're going to be as stuck as that tractor if you don't let Jesus in. And like I said, some of you may think I'm a broken record, constantly speaking over the human heart and this need for a healer. But I challenge you to come be in my shoes for a little, a little while with all the people coming forward here lately that are in need of healing. And I wouldn't be speaking about it again and again and again if there wasn't a need for it. Yeah, I'm the counselor of Save the Cowboy, but guess what? You're the counselor of the people in your lives. You may not be full-time at it. You may not be professional. Maybe a little word here, maybe a little word there might change somebody's life. That's why I talk about the human heart so much. Our hearts. Lots of times we preach these messages and you think it's for the person next to you, but in reality it's for not the person's preaching it for one, but it might be for you as well. Because I guarantee if you're sitting in that chair, you all have a pain and you all have something that triggers you, you all have something that, that makes you mad, that makes you sad, that makes you close off, makes you get defensive, things like that. And that's not being ready. That's called being stuck. And that leads me to my next, my next point. The help of a friend or friends. I saw a deal on Facebook earlier that, that uh, is crazy when I was writing this. It, it popped up. I got off track and knew I was off track and was scrolling Facebook while writing this, which usually happens. Um, I think I become possessed when I start writing stuff because I start pacing around like a madman, like going through stuff, talking to myself. I look like a livestock judge, really. Um, not making any sense. Um, but I was scrolling through Facebook, and the first thing that pops up on my Facebook was a, was a post from KJIL. It's a, it's a Christian um, radio station in Kansas. And the first thing that popped up, it says, a list of the things that matters to God, and all it said was people. That's it. What a good, what a nice time to be uh, distracted, I guess. People is what matters the most. And this is why it's so important that we get our hearts right so we can spread the gospel in its entirety with the love that Jesus intended on it being spread. 
And just as, peop- <laughs> just as people are the only thing that matter to God, it should be the only thing that matters to us as well. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is, is why our hearts matter. That right there is knowing, is why knowing our trigger points, allowing Jesus to come in and not only show us them, but help heal them, matters so much. You may not think that counseling is for you, but even the best counselors have counselors. I can't stand up here and tell you all that you need to go to counseling or anything like that without going to counseling myself. And I also can't up here and tell you, stand up here and tell you that if you go to counseling that there's something wrong with you. Because did you know that? There's nothing wrong with you. Everybody has pains. Everybody has issues. Everybody has heart issues. Everybody has triggers. Everything, everybody has things that triggers them to hurt other people whenever they're in defense mode. But that's why it matters, guys. And that's what being ready is. Spreading the gospel in its entirety. Spreading the gospel in its entirety with so much understanding and caring about other people. Half the time we speak not to understand, we just speak to be listened to. Do you want to be ready for when Jesus, gives, when Jesus returns? Give your heart to Christ. And if you need help, get with one of us at church to ask questions. Whether you haven't given your heart to Christ or whether you're right on the edge of that hump, just needing a little bit of help to push you off and back yourself out, out of trouble, man, get with us. Don't be afraid. That's why people matter so much. We were talking about it so much this morning about why community matters. That's why community matters. If I didn't have those guys, that tractor would still be stuck in that bog. I'd probably be buying a new tractor. And it's the same in our spiritual lives. We get right on the edge of a hump and we're so, we're so, we so lack humility that we can't ask for help. And guess what? We're just stuck in the middle of that bog by ourselves. When in reality, we just need somebody just to give us a little tug. But some of us just don't give up in our circumstances and we just continue to do stupid things and, get, and spin our wheels in the middle of that bog until we just become even more stuck. And guess what? Then you're in a hole and then it's even harder to climb out. That's why it matters so much, this community. First point was let Jesus in to heal your heart. The second point is to let somebody else in. So many times throughout Scripture, I talk about it all the time, so many times throughout Scripture, Jesus heals somebody because of maybe their friend's faith, or maybe their friend heals them. If you read Acts, you read all kinds of things about his apostles actually healing people, throwing demons out of people, loving on people. Yeah, church, you don't have to be a a churchgoer to be a Christian. You don't. But 90% of the New Testament was written in mind that you would. That you would be in fellowship with other Christians. Being ready for Christ's return means that your heart is right and you're spreading the gospel. Being ready for Christ's return means you're, you're out and spreading the gospel. It doesn't mean we're getting ready for doomsday. It means we're spreading God's love one gentle and understanding word at a time. And, and, and I ask this, please don't leave here tonight not knowing what really matters in life, and that's other people. All the money, all the objects, all the pickups. For me, welders, horses, saddles, tacks, tractors doesn't matter. What matters is people. And when, one of these days, Jesus is going to come back, whether you want to argue with it or not, he is. Thousand-year-old prophecies are coming alive before our very eyes that all point to Jesus' return. And this might, 
And this is my message tonight, and I hope it gets you unstuck. The first scripture that I want to talk about, or the, not the first one, but the second one, is Joshua twenty four fifteen. And if it seems evil to you, it says, to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Choose for yourselves whom this day you will serve. Whether the gods of your fathers, whether, whether it's the gods of which your father served, now we're on the other side of the river. This is in Joshua, so it's all prophecies. Well, not all prophecy, but it's all Old Testament stuff. Or the gods, the little g-gods of the Amorites, in whose land you dwell. And here comes a famous verse that, that everybody knows, but they don't know the, the first part of it. In Joshua it says, but, for me, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But the, 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 the mic drop part of that verse, or the yeah, mic drop part of that scripture it says, choose you this day who you will follow, who you will let in, who you will serve, who will you let in. And I'll close with this, as I always do. I'm not sure where you're at, whether you're on the verge of giving your life to Jesus or whether you're on the verge of asking for help as a Christian, as a believer, as a brother or sister. But if you are, I pray this as an encouraged message. As the, <laughs> It's not as encouraging as the one that Kevin gave this morning, but... I hope it's just as encouraging because it was crazy that he preached on that. I knew he was going to start the, the series that he did, but I didn't know it was going to quite line up like this. But this is why community matters, guys. If you need something, we love you. There's no judgment here. We've all been there. I've probably been in worse shoes, actually. You don't want to know. You don't want to have a contest on bad things that you've done. You'll, you'll lose, I promise. But don't be quite on the hump and not ask for help, guys. Don't be like me in my past where I just dug, dug myself in a hole, whether it was yesterday, whether it was six years ago when I first got into ministry seven years ago. Ask for help, guys, whether from Jesus. Ask for help from Jesus first, then come to us. But I promise you right here and right now, and this is what I want you guys to listen to because I know everybody in this room is believers. You never know who's quite on the verge of giving their life to Christ. We saw it this morning. We had a young man in here give his life to Christ that I didn't even know was close to giving his life to Christ. I thought he was already Christian. But it was so crazy. It was It's so crazy how many conversations I've had with that guy, Kevin's had with that guy, Ty's had with that guy. And we all tried our best to convince this guy of why Jesus was the best way to go. And then whenever I get up here, people, my fiance said, your prayer was so good this morning, sweetie. And I was like, oh, thanks, I don't remember it. And it was so, I remember it was so different than what I usually prayed about. It had nothing to do with me. It had nothing to do with me. But if I wouldn't have changed my heart, I wouldn't have heard that. Kevin's message was the same way. You see the impact of it. You see the impact of letting God come in and heal, heal your hearts and change it. And I pray as church leaders we can continue to show you that stuff. And, and just... We all fall short every single day as leaders, but I pray if there's one thing that we can show you is the humility of change, and we all are trying to change so much. And I, I think I look back on the last four or five years that I've been here and just see the change in everybody else, not only in this room, but our leadership as well. And I see more gentle people. I see more gentle people. I don't know, you know, last few years, probably last year and a half excluded, um, 
I would, I would always try to judge people's faith. I would always try to judge their walks with Christ. And, that, and then if I judged right, then I would know whether I could be harsh with them or not whenever I brought something to them while in some way they were being stupid or screwing up. But in reality, all they did was burn more bridges because I wasn't gentle. And this is the, the, the last thing I'll talk about is be gentle always, guys. You never know where somebody's at, whether they're about to give their life to Christ or whether they're a seasoned, mature Christian. Always be gentle with them, guys. Don't use that Bible as a sword. That's why getting your heart right matters. That's why knowing your trigger points matters. That way you don't just react. Because my goodness, guys, there's people out there watching us as Christians. And when we explode on each other, when we tell people they're going, telling each other that they're going to hell for doing, going to this denomination, things like that, there's people on the outside saying, I see that and I don't want to be a part of it. I don't want to be a part of that. That's just going to hurt me more. They run from it. I ran from it. If it went for Save the Cowboy, <laughs> I wouldn't be where I'm at either. I'm not saying it's all Save the Cowboy. It was just Jesus working through it. And lastly, out of Matthew 11, 28 through 30, then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. For my yoke upon you, for, Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Luke 4.18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and to recover, and recovery to the sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And if you think that's just physical stuff, that's... I think you're mistaken. Some of you are brokenhearted. Some of you are blind. Some of you are in bondage. Just as he was sent to heal the brokenhearted and set the captives free, as believers we are too. That's not just up here in leadership. This is all of us. And I'm so proud of... This evening service, seeing numbers grow like that, it's just crazy just to see, um, I guess you could say the next generation mostly, coming together to learn more about God. Invite somebody to church, guys. You guys are already doing it. If you need more encouragement, this is more encouragement. Invite somebody to church. This next generation is what's going to define everything. That's what being ready is, spreading the gospel. And sometimes it's just through your actions. Sometimes it's just with your words. Sometimes it's praying with somebody. I know that's awkward. Mm-hmm. But it's not awkward the more you do it, I promise. Because, to be honest, it just shows that you love them. And you do. Let's go to God in prayer. Lord, we just come to you tonight just so thankful. God, thank you for all that you're doing. Just um, Even though there's always all this turmoil, Lord, in, in this world, God, we see you working so much. God, just we saw you working this morning just with the new birthdays. God, thank you so much just for what you did from dying on that, from sending your son to die on that cross. Thank you for his grace, for his mercy, for his love. And thank you so much, Lord, for coming, for him coming to heal the brokenhearted. Lord, I ask that if there is somebody brokenhearted in here, whether they're on the mountaintop, Lord, I pray that you just remind them, Lord, their need for you. Because sometimes we forget you on the mountaintop. And if there's somebody in the valley, Lord, that needed this message, that is brokenhearted, that is captive, that is blind. 
God, I ask that you just penetrate their heart with gentleness and understanding and just wrap your loving arms around them and give them that little push to get them unstuck. It's your name we ask these things and praise your name. Amen. Thank you, guys.